I'm Harry. I'm Nash. And this week in history, we're going all the way from the 16th to the 22nd of October. I have known you, Mr Rochester. And it strikes me with anguish to be torn from you. 16th of October, 1847. Jane Eyre is published by mm. Charlotte Bronte. Now, Jane Eyre is a gothic novel all about romance and love and changing the entire fiction genre. It was quite a seminal novel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty important. And I think people see it as one of the greatest pieces of literature to ever, you know, grace this fair earth. Yeah, totally, totally. What's, what's really interesting, though, is do you know the name of the person that published the book? Um, Charlotte Bronte. Incorrect. It was published under the name Courier Bell because Charlotte oh. Bronte didn't feel comfortable using her name because it was 1840s. People don't really take women writers seriously back then. Yeah, right. So she used a she pseudonym. She felt she needed to use a pseudonym. Yeah, but she's, oh. not the, she's not the only one. I'm going to say some names. I want you to try and guess... Who the author is? Who the author is. <laughs> okay, okay, right, okay. So okay, the first on. one, Samuel Langhorne Clemens. Famous um, author. Mates with Huckleberry Finn. Oh, uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain is, the, is that one. Um... Eric Arthur Blair, his favourite year is 1984. Oh, George Orwell. George Orwell, yeah. yeah. He also likes farm animals. <laughs> Very this, is, this is really hard. There's nothing to go off. There is nothing. There's not even a correlation between <laughs> I, them. I guess that's literally the point of a pseudonym. Like, yeah. You would never guess. Not at all. Another uh, one? The last one, okay. Charles Ludwig Dodgson. Went down the I'm rabbit not, hole. Um, was a Cheshire cat. Oh, Louis? Louis. Louis, Louis Carroll. Louis Carroll. Louis oh. Carroll, the author of Alice oh. in Wonderland. <laughs> the weird thing about this, as you said, there's just no correlation at all. Yeah, well, you could be Chester Huntington Bloomfield and I'll be <laughs> Harry <Thaddeus> Ratner. Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine, Harry Ratner. That's a bit, bit lame of whatever. October 17, 1931. Al Capone, the notorious Al Capone, he's locked up. He goes to prison. What I find really interesting is Al Capone obviously did a lot in the prohibitionist era in the 1920s. A lot of bootleg alcohol, killed a lot of people, big mafia boss. He's essentially the archetype of the big mafioso. Essentially, imagine like Fat Tony from The Simpsons, but 1920s, like with a full Tommy gun, real you know, cigar hanging out of his mouth. I think that's what he was based off of, I would say. He's he, just like yeah. the classic mobster, but he was actually done not for killing his enemies, no. not for bribing witnesses, no. not even for bribing the police, but because of tax fraud. <laughs> One of the most notorious villains in history, done for tax fraud. You know, they say you can't escape death and taxes, and that was true even for <laughs> yeah. the big boss, Al Capone. Yeah. Nineteenth of October, nineteen ninety. Kevin Costner mm. stars in the famous film *Dances with Wolves*. Now, if you want a synopsis of the film, just go on Wikipedia. You can find it there. Very interesting. I'll watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it. That works as well if you have like twenty-one hours for the extended version. But essentially, no one wanted this film. Yeah, right. Initially, it was a novel that no one wanted. Then it became a film that no one wanted. Right. Finally, a film studio called Orion, a production company, they were like, you know what, we'll help out. But Kevin Costner still had to put in $3 million of his own money to make the film happen. Really? And as you can expect, the film did terribly. It only won seven Oscars. Only seven. Best picture. Made about $40 in the box office. And suffice to say, uh, Blake, who of course wrote the novel, and Kevin Costner, who played the lead role, mm. made all their money back, and then and a then lot more. And <laughs> then a lot more. Wow. And I congratulate the people of Sydney, and indeed of Australia, on this remarkable addition to its architecture, 
and to its cultural and community life. October 20, 1973, the Sydney Opera House opens, one of the most iconic buildings in the world. It opens to the public. So the Opera House took 15 years to build and it cost $102 million. So just to put that into perspective for you, the current postal survey, the uh, marriage plebiscite, cost $122 million to run. So with that amount of money, you could build the Opera House and still have change left over to construct Luna Park next door (laughs) as well. Yeah, you could. Yeah, money well spent. Now, the Opera House is known for ballet, opera, you know, fancy, fancy pants stuff. Yeah, high culture. Exactly. Yeah. But in 1980, it was known for something different. Okay. Oil and spray tans. Because in 1980, <laughs> right? the Mr. Olympia bodybuilding title was actually held at the Opera House. And it was won oh, no way. in his final time by none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? Yeah. <laughs> so much for high culture, right? That's awesome. <laughs> this government, as promised, has maintained the closest surveillance of the Soviet military buildup on the island of Cuba. October 22nd, 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis begins. Essentially, the Cuban Missile Crisis is mm. between the Soviet Union and America, and they're in Cold War, and Soviet Union decides to build some missile sites in Cuba. Mm. Long story short, America finds out about it. Yeah. John F. Kennedy, on the 22nd of October, great man, by the way, mm-hmm. he says... We're going to have to do a naval blockade of Cuba. That means nothing's getting out. We're boycotting Cuba. Forget about them. They're mm. no longer mates with us. Mm. We've unfriended them. We've, we've stopped poking them. <laughs> we don't want to say hello. What's interesting is there was two speeches for that occasion. Okay. On the 22nd. One of those speeches was the naval blockade. The other one, and I'm quoting this, This morning, I reluctantly ordered the armed forces to attack and destroy the nuclear buildup in Cuba. So the oh. alternative... Was okay. World War Three? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, those, oh. it was like Cuban Missile Crisis, World War Three. Yeah, see which one? Which one would you prefer? Oh man, I mean, I feel like the equivalent in 2017 is the two tweets that Trump may or may not send out. <laughs> so one of them is like North Korea and USA, we're mates now. The other one is North Korea has now destroyed the entire world. Yeah, good job, team. Um, unfortunately, that takes us to the end of another week in history. So join us here again next week as we take you back to a time before you were born.